دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی Hello and welcome back to New Goal Bazan podcast. My name is Arya Alaverdi. Today I'm joined by my two friends, uh, Pejman Pars, and back from a, a long hiatus of the podcast is Bobak Goldries as well. Guys, how are we all doing? Hi guys, uh, and Bobak, welcome back. Should I say he's always been around, but uh, we'd love to hear his lovely voice again. Good to be back, guys. It's been a while, like you said, so I'm looking forward to getting my teeth into it. Lovely. So this podcast is going to be, of course, uh, speaking about the new national team squad called up by, um, I was going to say Carlos Kairos, but we've changed. Um, uh, it's Dragan Skocic who's in charge of Iran, and he's called up his squad list for the matches against uh, Uzbekistan and Mali that are going to be played in October. Um, and... We're also going to speak briefly about the match uh, played last night um, between Persepolis and Al Nas. Um, before we we get onto that, uh, I want to ask you both about the, your thoughts on what happened before that game with Ole Kassir getting uh, banned for the celebration that he did. Um, I'll put my own thoughts in it as well, but I want to ask you guys first about that. Uh, Bobak, you go ahead. You, you're the man we want to listen to. To be honest, I was quite surprised. And uh, I tweeted a couple of things about it. Uh, AFC is not known to be one of the most uh, thorough or uh, professional or organized organization out there when it comes to these things. So to get this a few minutes, or I, I think it's hours before the game, or if I'm not mistaken, could have been the night before. I'm not sure when I saw it first, but uh, it was a disgrace in my opinion. No investigation, no no hint of an investigation anyway. And as you can see from the player, he's been doing this for a long time. And it's something, let's say, personal, uh, related to his nephew, if I'm not mistaken. So it's nothing to do with Uzbekistan. So for AFC to hand out such a harsh, harsh, uh, ban suspension when you see racism going uh, relatively unpunished in European football and we're talking about clear-cut racism it's for me it's, it's, it's shocking but it, it fits with what uh, the AFC is known for in my opinion I just want to I, want, I don't want to brush it on, on the carpet because it is an important topic one of the things that I think you also need to discuss is very briefly is although you can see I think uh, Wabak is right, it was a, it was a, probably the wrong timing to do it, it was probably a rash decision to make at a very um, sensitive moment for Paris Police, but I think one thing you should probably say about Paris Police's management and their staff and the coaches is maybe they should have just told Ole Kassir, look, look mate, you, you can do this celebration in Iran and you won't get punished for it, 
But when you come to a continental competition, and that's, by the way, this is his first time playing outside of Iran in any competition. This is his first time. When you come to a, an AFC comp, you have to make sure that you're, you're, you're playing to the book. And if you do anything that's out of that book, AFC will, will take punishment. And also, Iran are no suspect to that. They will punish Iran. So um, I think Paris Police, maybe not to blame them, but you need to just say, you know, be a bit smarter about this next time. You have players who do that celebration. You know, I mean, let's be honest, guys. Let's be perfectly honest. That celebration can be deemed racist, right? That, that, that's a fact. It can be deemed racist. But at the same time, the decision by AFC was rash at a bad timing. So I think there's lots of parties that can be blamed here. But the decision was made and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, okay, we'll move on. We'll move on to, to the match itself. Um, Paris Police won. We won't do any analysis on it. We'll maybe do that in a later time for the final. But obviously, Paris Police won the game. Uh, they beat the um, Al Nasser on penalties. And congratulations to them. Uh, they'll be going to the final um, in December 19th to, to face whoever it is that comes against them. And we wish them best of luck in that final. Okay, on Team Melina, guys. Uh, the main topic that I want to discuss to you at the very start is the the player who got dropped from this list, the, the captain of the national team, Masoud Shojoi. What are your thoughts on that? We'll go with Bobak uh, page one first. It's a good and smart move about time. Uh, look, I think he's a great leader, uh, both uh, on the pitch and off the pitch. But... Uh, Today, that's not enough to be to just be a good leader. You also have to be a good football player that can cope to play ninety minutes. Uh, and let's say this: let's say that Iran qualifies to World Cup twenty twenty two. He will be not just one of the oldest players in Iran, but probably one of the oldest players in the entire World Cup. Um, he didn't even get a single minute in, in the World Cup two thousand sixteen. So that should be like a like a really big hint that you know uh, you're not your, your time in team Melly as a football player is done but maybe as you know uh, have another part or responsibility in the national team i would like that because I, I think he's he's a smart human being that uh, and he's uh, he should be valued for that but at the same time we must not forget that uh there are better football players. And at the end of the day, that's what matters uh, most, you know, to to win games, to score goals. And Masoud, I don't believe that he can help Team Mele with that anymore. I have yes, to agree. Back. I have to agree with Tejwan more or less. I think anyone who expected him to be named, I think, should ask themselves the question, why? Because... Like Pejwan said, he didn't play much of a role at the World Cup or even uh, after that, if I'm not mistaken, under Wilmot. So uh, it would have been a surprise if he was there. It doesn't give the right signal to the others. And uh, it's a friendly at the end of the day. So even if he was going to be in the reckoning for the qualifiers, you don't need to try him out. So right decision there. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy who has served the national team for a number of years, but we can see that he's not... Listen, there's no criticism to him. He's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic leader off the pitch. But on the pitch, he's 
He's, I don't think he's a leader. Personally, I don't think he's a leader. You, know, you, saw, you saw the red card he got against Iraq. It's something that I don't think the national team required anymore. A leader from him. We need leaders on the pitch now. You know, it's people who can do the job as well as be a leader. So I'm, I'm not bothered about the, the, the exclusion of Matt Shoujoi. But the next one we're going to speak about before we get onto the list of players is Ashkan Dejaga's message on Instagram he put last night. Um... And he basically said, "Good luck to the, the team Meli uh, on your your sneaky games, um, and that I'm happy not to be a part of this." So a lot of people uh, on on Instagram and Twitter were suggesting that uh, you know that that was a negative um, comment, saying that you know maybe he was salty about not getting called up. Um, personally, personally, I don't think that is a, a salty comment uh, because first of all. There's no need for him to do that. I mean, if you think he's played put a salty comment, then fine. But saying I don't want to be part, I don't, I'm, I'm okay with not being a part of this. I don't think, it's, I don't think it's a bad thing to say. But we'll see what other. He didn't say I'm okay. He said I don't want to. I'm, I'm happy not to be a part. Yeah, of I'm it. happy There's not to be a part of this. There. But I think so, I'm happy not to be a part of this because there are younger players that can be. Yeah, now you're up. now you're assuming. I mean, I, yeah, look, exactly. I read it the first exactly. time. Right. When I read it the first that, time. That's, that's just my opinion on it. So I want to. I, I thought it's ambiguous, the, the wording in English. English is not his first language as well. So I found it a little bit ambiguous. I thought, okay, on one hand, maybe it's like a cheeky comment about uh, setting up the friendlies finally after all these times of uh, getting them cancelled, etc. And he's not doesn't want to travel for such friendlies at his age. But then when I started to think about it a little bit more, it sounds like something's going on behind the scenes. Maybe the way he wasn't called up or no one even gave him a call to respect him to the level, say, hey, I'm not going to call you up. So Skokic might have completely shunned him. So either way, it's not positive that he's gone to social media so quickly reacting to it. So clearly something's not right, in my opinion. So either way... Uh, a little bit of extension on the Masood topic. I think that Ashkan, okay, he's still young enough to play a role right now. I would have wanted him in the squad for the upcoming qualifiers because we have our backs against the wall and he's definitely a winner. But uh, for these friendlies, I don't think it's going to be much of a miss. Yeah, and, and listen, uh, if uh, you have one way to to see this, Aria, uh, and I'm on the complete opposite of that i believe that he knew exactly what he was uh, writing and he i think he's smart enough to understand that it can be uh, interpreted in different ways the way you see it and the way i see it and the way i see it is that uh, this is his way of letting off steam and uh, showing telling the world that he's pissed off because he wasn't invited to the national team and he thinks it's his right to be invited to the national team. He thinks it's good enough. If he's good enough or not, to be honest, that's only the, the, the coach that can make that decision. We can just say our opinion. But one thing that's clear that, in my opinion, he's not, he's not smart enough outside the pitch. You can't uh, write this kind of stuff and don't expect it to blow up uh, because uh, the words, you know, sneaky is, is not nice. If you really care about uh, Team Melee, then you should say 
uh, you know, good luck to Team LA. I wasn't invited. Just say nothing at all. But, you know, creating this, as we call it in Persian, it doesn't look good on him. And to be honest, I think Team LA is good enough that they're not dependent on a single player anymore. Not even our best players, not even Tarimi or Ozmoon, Majid Hosseini. All of these players, in my opinion, are good but can be replaced. And that's something we should thank Carlos Kebers for. And hopefully, Scottish can continue that. So, if you think that you're good, you're too good for the squad or that you can accept your role in this, well, then you can take your, you know, sneaky comments back to 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 wherever you came from. That's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's our thoughts on that. But um, if you've got your own thoughts on it, please be sure to share us share, share it with us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, okay. So moving on to the squad. Before I bring up the squad list, I'm just going to say who the standby players were. We posted on uh, on Twitter last night. Got confirmation from the the staff that Sayez Atullahi. Umid Ibrahimi, Karim Ansari, Farad Kamal, Kamal Binyas, Hassan Ansari, Hamid Lak, Arif Agassi and Mehdi Shiri are the eight standby players. Should anybody from the squad test positive for coronavirus during the camp, only these eight players can replace those those 23. So coming on to the 23-man squad, guys, um, we had... Uh, goalkeepers called up. Bernard Vand is injured, of course, uh, wasn't able to make it. So we have Payam Niazmand, Amir Abedzadeh and uh, Rashid Mazahiri. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts on these three? Um, be- just before jumping into that, I have to say, it's really strange for me that you have Saeed Azatollahi, Karim Ansarifar and Omid Ibrahimi all playing abroad and named on the standby list. So unless there's something been agreed with those players to let them settle at their new clubs, for me, it's really strange. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. These are arguably three important members of the squad. And it, Said has started the season relatively well after a couple of years of injuries, etc. And Karim Ansarifar scored the winner to take Ike Athens to the Europa League group stages. So it's a bit strange unless this has been agreed with the players in advance. So... Um, yeah. Coming on to your questions, I think pretty standard goalkeepers. Um, we saw Amir Abizadeh having a great game last night against Porto. He was man of the match and he made a penalty save. So for me, he would be the choice probably to start uh, at least the first game. And without Bayron Man, it's a good ch- chance to finally see someone else in a relatively, I would say, against relatively tough op- opposition because Uzbekistan is an up-and-coming strong team in Asia and Mali is a standard uh, African country who is always uh, in the reckoning to qualify for major tournaments. Um, so I think it's a good opportunity to see who our number two is because there's no clear indication yet. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. You know, these are good players that... Uh... Uh, I was thinking two things actually. One, the the the, the Babak field, and the other one is that damn, we actually have such a decent squad that these kind of players don't even make the squad, you know, for for playing. But uh, uh, as as Babak mentioned, I think that his uh, idea is probably much more uh, probable. 
and I also believe that if some Gadus haven't been uh, and just re- recently came back to Team Ali, he would probably be in that on that list as well because he needs some more playing time after being sidelined and injured and suspended and everything in, in Amiens and now coming back to uh, the national team. So he would maybe be on that list as well. But now hopefully he can play, come back to the national play- team and get some starting minutes because uh, he didn't have that much confidence uh, during Kairos time. And he wasn't in the squad at all during Wilmot's time. So now it's his time to to get back to the national team. Yeah, I mean, so that fantastic save that he did last night uh, for again. So, um, I just want to say one thing that it's brilliant to have. It's so refreshing that we've got Bayron Van, Niazman, Obeza, the three top, top goalkeepers uh, for the national team. I think it's, it's very, very refreshing. Um, and... I'm I'm really happy that it, it's able to to happen and, and and create competition, you know, because we've never really had that kind of that kind of talent pool in goalkeepers. Um, so yeah, the, 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 moving on to defenders, um, Purali Ganji got injured as well as not being able able to travel from from China, so he was completely he was never going to be in the squad anyway. Um, the four centre backs that were called up. Are Majid Hosseini, um, RF Kolami, Hossein Kanani, and uh, recall for Khalil Zadeh um, from Paris Police. Um, personally, my thoughts on this, uh, to just to give it very quickly, um, I'm a big, big uh, critic of Khalil Zadeh. Why? Well, because I, it, it, it's obvious why. He, he was never called up by Carlos Kiros uh, in that period because of his attitude because of what the things he said in media against Carlos Queiroz. Um, there was that report that I put, posted on my Twitter a few weeks ago that he, he'd said that um, Queiroz called up players that were uh, damaging the national team, damaging their clubs and, and not good enough, essentially. He was putting their his teammate under the bus and Queiroz didn't call him up. And he's played well for Paris Police, but he never called him up. But um, Dragons Scottish decided take him to the national team and I think it's a decision based on on merit from performance rather than actual player itself is he the right player for the national team or is he just a, a you know is he the right person for the national team or is he just the right player for the national team I think there's there's two different questions to be asked there and I think I don't disagree I don't, I don't agree with it but it's happened and I think it's it's one that we have to kind of accept now um but yeah, I want to get your thoughts on that as well. Uh, Pe- um, Bobak, let's hear your thoughts on that, please. Uh, I have to say, you, you kind of answered that yourself by saying he, he's been called up on merit, but not as a player. Because I have to say that uh, once a new coach comes in, everyone deserves a clean page. As much as you or I may not agree with his character, let's say, or he may not be our type of person, but that's something that Skocic has to decide on his own. And he's going to have players that he will favor and he's going to have players that he's going to be uh, having them on his blacklist, so to say, like uh, Carlos did. So that's going to take time, I think. And uh, looking at the defense, uh, I feel like we're a little bit thin in that area in terms of quality, to be honest. And with poor Ali Ganji missing, you feel if you, you see that and now we're having names that are not usually in or around Team Melli. So 
would be good to test them out. Najid Hosseini also needs some fitness. He's been injured recently at Trabzon Sport. And I think it would be good to get for his confidence to be uh, getting a couple of 90 minutes under the belt. Let's see what sort of pairings Kocic is going to put out. Uh, I think it's anyone's guess right now. So it's one of the areas which I will be looking at quite closely. Peshman, I want to ask you something. I know you, you, you're probably eager to speak about Khalid as well, but I want to ask you something about RF Golami. RF Golami's come in. He was uh, part of the U23 setup. He's done really well for SFL this season. Young, young defender, very quick defender. Um, he's come in and he probably knows himself that Pro Ali Ganji is going to replace him in the next squad. He knows himself. But what does he have to do to, to keep that, that spot? He has to. You know, this is nothing new, to be honest. He have to show himself as a professional player and a human being, both uh, during training and hopefully if he gets any any playing minutes. This is not the first time Pula Gaggi have been sidelined for injuries. Uh, so the chance of him or anyone else coming and playing is uh, uh, it will happen. Same thing with Majid Hosseini. Uh, Majid Hosseini have both been injured and he's... Uh, he didn't play that much during the Asian Cup. So those uh, positions, oh, I, to be honest, all positions are up for grabs. But maybe at this moment, those positions could be even more interesting for players like Kolomi and uh, Khalil Zaleh. So I, I don't, as Bobak said, it would be really interesting to see how these players will be able to, to take advantage of this situation that's now been handed to them. Yeah. Okay, very quickly move on to the fullbacks. Fullbacks are Salah Muharami, Milad Mohammadi, uh, Siomak Nemati, first call up for him, and also a first call up for Mojtaban Najarian, young right back from Fulad, had a fantastic season at Fulad. Um, very quickly again for myself, I want to say I'm so happy that Moharami's been called up. I think he, even even though he's not played a lot for uh, Dinamo Zagreb, the times that he has played for them, he, he's been brilliant. I, I've, I've really been impressed with him. I think he's got fantastic pace. You know, he's good defensively. People are always saying he's not good defensively. I think he's good defensively. If you watch his game even today against Varazdin, brilliant performance. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. The other one, of course, that the exclusion of Ramin Rezaian is a big talking point that we will discuss. Uh, and I have my own opinions on that. But before we get to that, I want to get your, your thoughts on the fullbacks that have been called up. Um, Pejman, you go first, please. Yeah, um, I don't understand. I don't know why Ramin Rezaian isn't called up, to be honest. I think he's the best Iranian player at his position today. He's got some tough competition there, but uh, he's done well. Maybe the reason that he, he's, he plays in Qatar or that he actually plays like in a different position at his club compared to the national team could be a bit confusing for for the coach. Maybe like he knows where he has it, I mean, and he wants to uh, test other players as well. You know, th- these are the things that we would love to hear from the coach, like in a press conference or something like that. Um the reason why some people, players aren't called up because uh, the World Cup qualifying games are in like in a month in November. If players like Ramirez Oyan and Saeed Ezzetali, if he will continue to play in Denmark and do good, and a couple of other players 
if they won't get called up, that that that's a statement from Scottish, to be honest. Um, so, uh, from Scottish or from someone else? That's the question there. Yeah, well, we, we can all speculate in like how the federation works and stuff like that. But I, I believe it's from. I want to believe that it's from Scottish, to be honest. Well, I want to ask um, a question, but like just because I think it's really important to discuss this. Um, he's called up three right backs, and only one left back. And obviously, you could maybe consider Haisafi uh, a left back as well. But why do you think he's called up three right backs? I can. I can yeah, I can. I can. That could be a position that is open in his mind. That could be one of the reasons. Could be that he's going to play one of them in a more advanced defense, uh, let's say, a more advanced role, but having a more defensive, uh, let's call it, responsibility. So it's difficult to speculate right now. But on Ramin, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the last few months, he went through some controversial episode, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if it was rumors or what, but there was something which I didn't really go deeply into, but there was something on social media about him. So I would not be surprised if Ramin has been, let's say, uh, crossed off the list by someone else other than uh, Skocic. So at the moment, there will be a lot of questions until Skocic comes and explains his decisions uh, to everyone. Like Pejman says, uh, let's not forget, it's very unlikely you're going to get a combative figure like Carlos Kirosh often in Iran. So Skocic is definitely happy to be where he is right now. And with Carlos Kiros, the, the, the situation would be different. So if he felt a player should have been in the squad for footballing reasons, he would have fought to make it happen. But Skocic yeah. is still early days and I'm pretty sure he's happy to be there. I want to just point one thing, because I think there's something that needs to be said that maybe hasn't been said about Rami Rezaian. First of all, the, the squad list that was supposed to be announced to, um, in August, there was, there was already reports coming out from news in Iran and within the countries themselves that Vurya Ghafuri and Rami Rezaian are going to get dropped. That was the, the consensus back then. Now it's come out that they have been, both been dropped from this list. The thing that I want to point to is that Rami Rezaian has been a starter for Team Meli for a number of years now and for the World Cup, and for the Asian Cup. He's been a starter. Sadiq Moharami was always going to become a starter under under, under Skocic, in my opinion, because first of all, he plays in Croatia. Second of all, he was his player at Malavon. And third of all, he actually went and saw him in, in Zagreb a few months ago. So I think he was always deciding to put Moharami as a starter right back. The, the last point I want to make is very important, is that Ramin's playing as a... as If he was to come in and be a number two for, for Sadiq Moharami... I think that was gonna he was gonna he would have caused a lot of issues within camp, not in a not not to say he would have complained about it, but I think it would have been bad for him to come in and be a number two right back. For that reason, I think Scotchich just said to himself, "Look, I have to now make a decision whether I bring in Ramin and make him a number two right back, or I bring in Sadiq Mohammed as, as number one, and then bring a younger right back and develop him under Moharami and make him number two. That way, the mentality of the players is fresh and we have a starting right-back for sure in Moharami rather than having a Ramin Rezaian who's been dropped to number two. That would have been a real issue for, for Ramin Rezaian being an experienced player. That's my, my opinion on it. 
Um, I think it's something to do with that, in my opinion. But we'll, we'll find out if he does explain it in press conferences. Okay, moving on to the midfielders. Um, Saez Atolahi was was not dropped, but he wasn't called up. Um Atolahi, by the way, is one of um, Dragon Scottish's former players at Malavon. So I know for a fact he is considering him, and he was also on the standby list. In my opinion, I think Ezatullahi is being given time to to train at his club, play games. He's not played any ma- much matches in the last two years, three years. He needs time to play football. I think in the November camp, I think he'll be called up. But the ones that have been called up are Omid Nurafkan, Ahmad Nurullahi, Ali Karimi, and Esan Safi, who will now be the captain of the national team. Guys, what are your thoughts? Uh, Pejman, let's start with you, my friend. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's just friendly, so I'm fine with with almost whoever I was supposed to say. Uh, these names that you called up, they they all but could we find more players that deserve a shot? Sure thing. But you know, we have a, a limited number of players that uh, can be in the squad and can actually be on the field. So, Nurafkan uh, has got. He's been in and out of the national team, or at least you know the, the talks about him. He's still young; he can develop, and he tried to to move to Shalderar. He didn't make it there, but I do believe that he, with some good preparation and taking him to Europe, he could be an interesting player for the future. Um, so, to be honest, the, the squad for me is like, okay, uh, you all got. We'll get your your chance now. So so prove yourselves. No matter if you shouldn't deserve that place or not. Now you're there. Now it's your time to to make the best out of it. So yeah, I, I wish all them luck. To be honest, Bobak, I want to ask you something, Bobak. I think because you always you were speaking about Saeed the delay before, but other player was dropped is Omid Ibrahimi, and he was dropped from the list after being captain. Uh, not not captain, but he was one of the captains of the squad in the last camp in uh, last year under under. Mark Wilmot. Now he's been dropped um, and there wasn't any indication why he's been dropped. It's quite a shock in my opinion. In fact, in my opinion, it's probably one of the most shocking drops in this list. Why do you think it's happened? Again, uh, could be the theory that a few of the players, he knows what he will get with them and he's giving them time to settle into their club. So Saeed, Omid, uh, Karim, these are three of those players. So it could be this which for me, I'm not so sure about, to be honest with you, could be a chance to break off with the old, let's say, favorites of Carlos, because we know that actually Saeed, Karim, and Omid were three of Carlos, and Ramin were four of his favorites. Now, whether that is something to do with it or whether they were part of a strong group in Team Melli, which maybe the Federation was not too fond of. I mean, this is all speculation right now. But for sportive sporting reasons, it's difficult to justify not having yeah. these guys in the, in the team. Yeah? Is, so it even possible Omid, to say, is it possible to say, Bob, that he's been phased out? Yeah, but phasing out takes, happens gradually. Yeah. yeah. So you would you would have him in this squad. You would work with him. Yeah. Maybe have him on the qualifiers. Put him on the bench, and then gradually, take, when you don't put him in at all, and you've never worked with him before, you don't really have the chance to 
know what you're going to get when it comes down to uh, you personally. Yeah, You don't know what you're going to get when it comes to the big games in, around the corner. So with Saeed, you explained it. Okay, could be more likely that he wants to give him a chance to settle in. Even then, I'm a little bit surprised. It's not such a Iranian team medley manager type of thing to do because you, you really think of your own benefit. Uh, actually, well, anyway, well, well, um, yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I think I, I know why. <laughs> uh, my guess is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, not any players, Iranian players playing in the Arab leagues have been invited. In That's a good point. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. Uh, and Omid, you know, he's like he's in, he's like my age, like yeah, thirty-six. Qatar, Qatar, something. Qatar. No, Omid is thirty-six. He's thirty-three. Years old. He's thirty-three. Yeah, yeah, so that's a bit yeah. younger. Okay, but 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 Qatar, they're playing in Qatar and uh, uh, Ramin and Omid, right? So and Qatar is the one Arab country which has good relations with Iran. So I wouldn't like to think this is anything to do with politics. Yeah, but but no, but no, no I don't think it's politics at all. I'm just thinking about football wise. Page one, I, I think I want I want to just build on your point. I think I think you're absolutely correct. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, uh, I believe that's. Uh, Skocic is showing, maybe sending a signal here. You know, you can be the best player in Al, whatever the, the, the names of the teams are. You know, at the end of the day, it's just the Qatari League. The Qatari League isn't as maybe as strong as the Iranian League. If yeah, or maybe he just wants to show that even if you play in uh, not a good team or not a good league, like I said, as a yeah, but, but that's not a message you send before you've had any matches as manager. It's a message you send after you've given the players a chance, after you've had one or two squads, and then you try to put that message across. Yeah, to to send such a message before any sort of uh, let's call it uh, call-ups or matches, and it, for me, is strange. I mean, yeah, I, maybe, but on, on, I, on the other hand. Uh, he's been in Iran for a long time. This is a this is not a new issue for him. He's uh, talking about playing in the Arab leagues and becoming a worse player, but uh, a richer player. Uh, so maybe he values uh, these uh, the Arif Qalami kind of kind of players that that sticks to Iran or maybe plays in Sepahan or whatever other teams that he thinks are a better competitive league and better clubs. Than the Arab clubs, I I don't know, but I don't think it could do with with politics. I be, it's just a guess here, to be honest. I think that's uh, it's shown here. Sorry, Olya, you you wanted to say something yeah. before. Just because I think it's very important to bring this up. One player who's not been called up, by the way, in this list that's not really been discussed for some reason is Merad Mohammadi, who had a brilliant season at Portugal Portugal last season. He's not been called up. He's just moved to Al Arabi. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. So it's, it's a good point that you make, Pejman, that possibly what he's doing is it, Bob Axe, right? Bob Axe, right? You know, Bob Axe saying that, you know, it, it could, it's something that you would normally do in a bigger time scale. But maybe he's saying, you know what, look, we've got, friend, we've got two important games coming up. We have to win them. Simple as that. And he said, you know what, um, excuse my language, I was going to say something else, but, you know, blah, blah. We have to make sure that this squad is is at full capacity, and the players are not just going to play in a club for money, and they're playing because they want to play football. And if if a player like Mirad Mohammadi goes from a team like Aves, and we know he had offers from in Europe, 
and he goes to Qatar, he shouldn't be called up. Why? Because you aren't showing me that you want to play football. You are showing me that you want to make money. And that's that's his opinion. That's that's what he wants from, from a footballer. That might not be something that Kairos wants. Kairos might have said, you know what, I don't care where you play. I trust you. That's his opinion. That's that's him as a coach. But Scotchish maybe has his way of doing things. He's like, you know what, I want players who really want to play for a team and develop as players. Not players who just want to come in and play football and expect a call-up. That's not the way he wants to work. Maybe. That could be that's a good, another theory that we maybe are just bringing up for no reason. But it could be true. Um, it could be true. So moving on to that part of the of the field now, the attacking midfielders and wingers um, are called up by uh, Scotchich have been Ali Golizadeh, Salman Gordus, Mehdi Qaidi, although you can maybe put Mehdi Qaidi with the forwards, but we'll keep with the wingers just now. Um, Mehdi Torabi and also Vaid Amiri. Um, for me, I'm also, sorry, Jan Baksh wasn't called up because he's injured. That's the reason why he's not called up. But for me, Mehdi Qaidi is a player who has matured so much, so, so much this season. I, I, I wasn't a critic of him, but I always said, you know, this, this kid, oh, he had a car accident a couple of years ago. He killed his friend and he he didn't seem like the kind of kid that I would trust in a national team, first and foremost. But the way he's come in and played for Estegalal this season, the amount of assists, the amount of goals, the way he scored goals, out of nothing, literally out of nothing, he's won, he's won games for his team. And it's really impressive to see. And I'm really happy that he's, that he's been called up. With the, the inclusion of the recall of someone Godus, it's beautiful. It's beautiful because we need players like Godus in this national team. Players of high, high, high quality. And I'm so happy that he went to Brentford and, and he's rekindled his career. Ali Gorizadeh, a player who's developed beyond belief in Charleroi this season. Really beyond belief. He's been terrific. Absolutely terrific. And and also Vaid Amiri, who's a, a veteran, he's probably brought him in for the, the experience and, you know, kind of honing down the, the, the tactics that, that, he, that, you know, he will deliver. And also Torabi, um, who's a, a, a guy who's always been called up. So, guys, uh, Bobak, what are your thoughts on the on the wingers and the attacking midfielders? I think that's the most promising part of the squad, uh, not only in terms of uh, who's there, but also considering that someone like Jahan Bash is not even there and he will come back into the fold when he's fit. I actually think Jahan Bash has started the season quite well in Brighton. So I'm excited. I think Odus, this is a chance for him to finally come out of the shadows because arguably he has not yet shown let's say, his best at Team Melli. He's shown it in bits and bursts, but never like in a sustained period. Of course, he's never had that run of games either. Yeah, that has to be said. But it's a chance where there is no Ansari Fad, there is no Jahan Bach, there is no Ashkan Dejava. There's a lot of players out. And this is a chance where I look at the squad and I say, Godus is probably, probably the most talented player there in terms of technique and raw footballing ability, other than Sadar, who's a different type of player. So I think I'm excited to see him. And you also touched on it, Kolizadeh, who has come leaps and bounds in the last 12 to 18 months in Charleroi last season. And he started this season very well. So I think that if the qualifiers were tomorrow and Jahan Bach was fit, I would still start with someone and Qolizadeh uh, personally. Yeah, So I'm excited to see that. And I'm also excited to see if Qayadi can be a player at this level. 
Uh, I have my doubts due to his size. Yeah, uh, I don't see him as more of an impact player, maybe coming in to change things around a little bit. Reminds me a little bit of Insignia, who's also a bit tiny. But uh, let's see. It's, a, it's an interesting uh, group of players uh, in that part of the pitch. Well, uh, Pejman, I want to ask you something really important, and I know you want to touch on these players as well, is that same thing with, with the Jahan Bach, with the, sorry, with the Prali um, Ganji and RF Kolami situation. Same exact thing here, but now you've got players like Vahid Amiri and Torabi who are experienced players that you don't know, and they know for a fact that Jahan Bach will come in for the next squad. How is it for an experienced player to think, listen, I'm going to get, I might get dropped out of this next squad if Jahan Bash is fit. So how, how will they deal with it? Uh, like any other professional football player, they, they seize their opportunities and make the best out of it. And uh, who knows how, how long he will be injured and who knows if, uh, if Vahid Amiri all of a sudden you know, becomes like a super good player. Uh, he will probably start in the more important games as well, in the qualifiers. So uh, he's getting his, his shots. He will get get his chance, and uh, if Jahan Bach is there, Amir is not there. Th- that that's it. So so this is something that Jahan Bach should be worried about, not yeah. Amiri. Yeah, but I want to ask you about Torabi though, because Torabi is currently without a club, and he is also going to be going to Qatar, possibly as what the consensus is. Will that mean that Scotchich will drop him? Well, if he's in the squad, then he's in the squad. But uh, he's a good example of how a good player, a uh, talented player in Iran, don't have the best people around him, probably. This is just like a, a qualified guess, because to be honest, I don't know the details. But we all know that he's good enough to, to, to play in Europe. And we heard that he's got offers from Europe as well. So not... Not seizing that opportunity, uh, playing good in uh, Paris Police and almost moving to Qatar, but still not, is strange. Uh, I hope that he can show the very best of himself because he's still one of my favorites, although he, he sometimes do and say some things that I don't maybe approve. But on the pitch, I think that uh, uh, he's, he's lovely to watch. This is... This will probably be maybe his, his last chance, you know. Uh, if he won't get any more playing time in, in, in at club level, then why should he play in the national team as well? So, uh, Scottish is maybe there to try to, to test him and see how he can deal with this. I hope he can find a decent club, go back to Paris Police or somewhere in Europe. Well, there's there's tons of competition in that position right now. Obviously, you've also got Mohamed Mohebi, who's actually injured just now. He's, he's getting surgery done on his foot. You've got Younes Delphi, who just moved to Croatia, and he's a talent, by the way. He's a he's a fantastic player. And Mehdi Medikhani, who we just interviewed but not released it yet, another great player playing in Croatia as well. Tons of talent, tons of talent that can be called up in, in the future. Okay, moving on to the forwards. Um, I just want to put out 10 names to you guys. 10 names, and I want you to just tell me something. We have Sardar Osmond, Mehdi Tarumi, Kaveh Rezai, Kaiman Sarifad, Aloyar Sayad Manish, 
Shahabzadi, Ali Alipur, um, Shariar Mohanlu, and also on top of that, you've got Motahari and Ansari, who just it was in a, a standby list. Those are 11 names, actually. How fantastic is it, how refreshing is it that we've got that many strikers at that high a level, nine of them playing in Europe? How it's, it's fantastic. Obviously, the ones that called up were Osmond Tony and Cover as well, but it's just it's just fantastic to, to have that. What are your thoughts, Bobak? Yeah, it's refreshing, especially after a few years after the Ali Doi uh, retirement, you could say, where we went for a while looking for our next number nine. And I think arguably, okay, Gucci came along, but I think that was more of an interim role he filled. Until Sadler was made, we were really looking for a proper striker. And now we've got, I, I'm not sure if I would put all 11 in, on the same category, but we've got at least three to five quite good uh, forwards, especially the three that have been called up. The others have to, I think, step up and prove themselves in their new clubs, etc., for a more sustained period. But Kave, for example, what a player he's become. He's a very smart team player, and he's proven it in uh, Belgium now multiple seasons. And then you have Tarani, who I remember his debut with Carlos Kirish. I was one of his big critics, and I couldn't see why he was in the team. And now, for me, he's one of the most indispensable members of the team. What a, what a team player he is. And now he's he's earned a yeah. great move to Porto. It's something he should be proud of. And of course, Sagar Osmond, who I think in the last 12 to 18 months since he went to Zenit, has gone to another level in terms of, uh, I don't know, ruthlessness, well, consistency, well a winning mentality. Absolutely. So uh, I think it's an area where we have an abundance of talent, but it would be interesting what sort of formation he puts out and whether he's going to, yeah, uh, let's say, create a partnership or have a lone striker, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pejmon, I want to ask you something. Um, obviously, Kani Mansour, if I wasn't called up, my opinion on it, just before I ask you, my opinion on Kani Mansour, if I'm not getting called up, even though he, he did well for AEK uh, in the Europa League, he got them to the group stage, we have Osmond, Kaverizai, and Ansari Faruk. Okay? Those are the natural strikers. Tarimi is more like a second striker. He can also play as a winger, but also as a striker as well. I think Ansari Fard is too similar of a... You know, he's, he's, a, he's a natural striker. He's a number nine. He's a prima punta, as they call it in, in Italy. Having three or even four in a national team squad, is that too many? Do you think that's too many? Do you think, you know, he's... he's you know, Scottish just said to himself, we need three. I've got Tarimi... Um, Kave and Medinotorim uh, and Sadar Osmond, younger than Ansari Fard, are they the best choices? Um, at this moment, yes. And uh, let's not remember that um, Karim just recently moved to uh, Greece. He's been there like a couple of weeks or something like that. Uh, and he's played like five minutes in, in Europe and all. The manager scored, that's good. And uh, I know he's played a bit more, but um, I do believe that this healthy competition is something that we're not used to uh, since, you know, as uh, Bobak said, after Adedoi and after uh, Gucci, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's really good because, first of all, uh, Karim, he can play on the wings as well, depending of, on how Scottish wants to play his team. Uh, Toremi for uh, Iran during Kairos time, he played on like 
like a left winger almost. Um, and uh, Osmoon is probably the, the, the typical goal scorer up front. Uh, but Karim is that kind of player when he plays in his club. Taremi as well. So uh, I would love to see those three maybe from start or, or Kov as well. Damn, we have too many. We have too many good players up front. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a lovely problem for Scottish. Well, we're going to move on to our, our lineups, our formation, our starting 11s. Uh, our strongest starting eleven. Now, I the for, the the question, of course, is the formation. What formation will he play? Will he play a four three three? Will he play a four four two? Um, I think from what I've been hearing, the murmurs that have been going on in media is that he's going to play a four four two or a or a, or a variation of it, where he, whether he plays four four two or a four two two two. Um, I don't know. Um, but what what's your starting eleven? I'm going to go mine first. I'm going to put. Obezolian goals, Moharami, um, Kanani and Majid Hosseini, Mirad Mohammadi, two middle. I'm going to have, um, uh, what do you call it? Haisafi uh, and Nurullahi, then on the wings, Qudus and Qolizadeh, uh, and Antarimi and Osman up front. Bye bye. I wouldn't disagree too much with what you said. Maybe I would try to. I'm a big fan of uh, Ali Karimi, uh, this Ali Karimi, to be fair. But I, I would try to see how he fares uh, somehow over the two games. Um, if you're going to go for a partnership up front, I would be a little bit more keen to see how if Kave and uh, Saadar can sort of work together. Of course, we know the chemistry between Tanami and uh, Osmond. Uh, do any of you guys know what formation Scotchich favored during his time with Malavon? Although yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think from what I've heard, from what I remember at Saint-Denaft, especially last season, we had a 4-2-3-1. Um, but that was maybe because of the players he had. Um, yeah. But then this, the national team's been playing more or less 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 yeah, under Carlos yeah. anyway. So for him to switch it to 4-4-2... Of which, I mean, yeah, but then it's the same look at it. I mean, a 4 4 2 can always be a 4 2 3 1 if you just play the strength. Exactly, behind. that's what so I was just depends. Say. Yeah, so it, it, absolutely. So it's not, these are just numbers on the board, depends how they, they line up really and how they play. So it's difficult to, uh, let's say, guess, but uh, I would think it would be sort of a variation of 4 2 3 1 logically in modern football. You did advanced uh, wide players, uh, and with the team that we have and what we've done in the last few years, that's probably the most likely. But let's wait and see. It'll be interesting again to see what the new coach has in mind. Yeah. Okay, uh, Pejman, do you want to add anything to that? Or do you want to just move on? Uh, just very shortly, uh, I would yeah. like to see these players that we, that are interesting that are you know knocking on the door in the national team, such as Qaidi yeah. uh, uh, and uh, and Kolami. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where would you play Qaidi? Where Where would you play Qaidi? On the left wing. I play left wing. I play him like a number like a number nine, you know, a striker up front. Really, as Why a striker. Not? I would yeah, play yeah. just behind the striker, to be honest. I think he's too short to play the, as a prima punta. 
They say that about Messi as well. I'm not comparing him to Messi now. Easy, easy now. But uh, he's done great in in Iran and he's small in Iran as well. So he would give the guy a chance. So we have two friendlies coming up. We've got 8th of October against Uzbekistan and Tashkent. And then the Team Ali fly. Sorry, they actually fly with the futsal squad to Tashkent. That's the first ever. um, And they played. Uzbekistan both on the same day. Then they move, they fly to Turkey, Antalya. They play Mali, um, and that's on the thirteenth of October. Just guys, quick thoughts on the games, Uzbekistan and Mali. How do you think they're going to give your prediction as well, please? Bye bye. Honestly, uh, it's been so long since uh, we played, and uh, it will be the first time we see Scotland in charge. So. Predictions are going to be difficult. I'm more interested in how they line up, who plays, what sort of football they try to play, and see if we can take some positives, because I'm of the opinion that uh, we have our work cut out to qualify for the next round of the qualifiers. And some people have sort of put put the vote in that we're going to go to the next round, but I actually think that it's uh, an uphill struggle, and we're going to have to really, really play well to get enough results to qualify. So I think it's important that over these two games, we see a lot of positive signs uh, that give a, give the players confidence as well. I mean, it's unlikely things can go worse than they did on their rumors, but uh, still, I think uh, you, need, you don't win uh, games on paper. You need to put on the work on the pitch. So I'm excited to see how things uh, pan out. Yeah. Uh, page one. Yeah, good, good words uh, good, uh, from uh, Bobak. Uh, I'm just happy to see a national team, uh, the national team of Iran playing again. It's been too far, too long yes, time. Yes, it's been a year and we have not not seen them on a, on a just even seen them together. It's just it's a, it's just refreshing to see the young players play together. Um, something working, win, winning matches again is is so important for the national team. Um, yeah. That's that, and obviously uh, we hope the best for the for the for the national team staff as well. Bayer Hashemian stayed in there. We hope that they do their best with the squad and and push on to, to win these games. Um, final predictions, guys. Pejma? I, I would love I think to, to see some. Yeah, sorry, Bobak, you go ahead. Go on, no, go on, Bejman. Go. On. Okay. I would love to see maybe some bad blood now between Iran and Uzbekistan due to the whole Ali Kassir getting suspended. So <laughs> uh, a rough game that don't, doesn't end uh, in a goalless draw uh, against uh, Uzbekistan and against Mali. I know we, we, we talked about stats. Um, uh, 3-1. I don't know. Why not? 3-0. <laughs> I, want Iran to, oh, I don't want Iran to today. 3-0. Love it. Okay, bye bye. I think that we will get a draw in Uzbekistan and uh, sneak a win in uh, Turkey against Mali. One nil in Turkey and two two in Uzbekistan. Yeah, that's what's that's good one. I like that one. Um, I think we will just edge it on Uzbekistan, although it'll be difficult away from home. Um, and against Mali, I think that it will be a very tough game. I think we'll we'll probably have to play a lot, a lot, def- a lot of defending in that game. A lot of 
chasing the ball down, the pace that they have, I think probably probably a one one. We crushed it. We will crush it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mark um, my words. Now highlight this. Highlight this and put it on on the social media. Hegeman Paris says now, like uh, ten days before the game, Iran will crush Mali. Fantastic. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want to hear, guys. Um, we want you to get involved in the discussion. Of course, uh, you can message us on Twitter, on Instagram. We will post this week a lot. Uh, with the national team pictures and, and videos of the national team training so please get involved and, and, and tweet us uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram we will have a giveaway coming up very soon uh, I'm not going to say anything um, about it although I have hinted a few things on Twitter but we will have a give- giveaway uh, very very soon so make sure you follow us on, on our socials Instagram, Facebook, Twitter we also have our, have our Farsi Twitter we'll at Golbazan Farsi um, and also you can uh, listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Those are our main platforms that you can listen to us on. And we will be back with another podcast after the games and analysing the results between Uzbekistan and Mali against Team Mali. Also, I have, a, I have an interview with Mehdi Medikhani coming up very soon. So lots of things to, to come out. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Hey, this is Arash Markazi from ESPN, and you're listening to Golbezan, your one-stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news.